Welcome to Touchpoint, a podcast dedicated to discussions on digital marketing and patient engagement strategies for hospitals, health systems, and physician practices. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into digital tools, solutions, and strategies that are impacting our industry today. We hope to share a lot of great information with you and have fun along the way. Thanks for joining us. Now, here are your hosts. Hi, this is Chris Boyer. You probably could hear from my voice, or if you attended the HMPS conference this week, that I wasn't able to make it. I actually came down with an illness right before the conference that prevented me from going, and I'm sorry I missed everyone there. However, my colleague, Reed Smith, was there in attendance, and he had a chance to sit down with some of his co-presenters, and uh, what follows is a really great, interesting conversation. However, before we go to that, please take a moment to go out to touchpoint.health, sign up for the TPS report, and also learn more about all the different podcasts that we have on our network. So without further ado, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to hear Reed Smith and his co-presenters. Chris, in today's digital age, your online reputation, as we all know, is crucial. With customers relying on online reviews, your first impression is also compared directly with your competitors. Sure is, and Reed, consider this. 86% of patients today read online reviews, and 73% demand that that healthcare provider has a minimum four-star rating. Demand. They demand it. Yeah, they do. Well, to stand out, choose reputation to help amplify your brand and to build trust. Be the provider of choice in your area, understand patient sentiment, get actionable insights, and even foster patient loyalty. And look, here's the easy way you could do that. All you need to do is go visit reputation.com slash touchpoint. That's reputation.com slash touchpoint, where you can download their healthcare online reputation management guide and build a reputation that performs for you. All right, welcome back to Touchpoint. We are at the Healthcare Marketing and Physician Strategy Summit. I always have to pause for a second and make sure I say it in the right order. Excited to be here, Austin, Texas, 2023. Uh, here we are in the middle of April and had a chance to bring a couple of folks to the side and talk a little bit about what we're seeing at the conference, certainly, but kind of a bigger conversation around the consumer. But before we do that, maybe if you guys want to introduce yourselves, Ben, if you want to sure. want to start. Uh, I'm Ben Texter and I'm co-CEO of Digital Health strategies and we're a digital and customer experience firm uh, that consults with large health systems across the country. Very good. Sam? Yeah, um, great to be back, Reed. Uh, my name is Sam Searing. I work as our product manager at Epic for Cheers, our CRM uh, application for healthcare built into the EMR. Well, the three of us were actually uh, in a session yesterday talking about using the EHR to kind of superpower, supercharge, or fuel your marketing efforts. And we can talk a little bit about that, and, and and Ben, I know you talked a little bit about some of the Geisinger work. Maybe just a quick high level, you know, yeah. what what were the the three bullet points there? Yeah, I mean, we we really are using the EHR to transform the customer experience with Geisinger, and um, there's a couple of ways that we're doing it. One is um, we're using the EHR to uh, get more personalized messaging out to patients based on the data in the EHR and leveraging that. But then the second and I think more interesting part of the work that we're doing is 
using the EHR to create a consistent customer experience where we're embedding marketing priorities um, so that patients are not only hearing it through email marketing or advertising, uh, but they're hearing it from their care teams. Um, So we're working to set up alerts with front desk reps, nurses, providers, so that they're talking about our marketing priorities in the same way we are in the marketplace through advertising, direct mail, or other media. Yeah, that would make sense. Let's get everybody on the same page. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) And and then, yeah, I I talked a little bit about some of the things that we're doing at Ardent relative to, you know, outreach to patients and trying to get them reengaged. And uh, the old adage, the business adage, I guess, it's not healthcare specific, but it's cheaper to keep a customer than than go try to acquire a new one, you know. And so anyway, so try try and talk through some of those things. Sam, I think, though, all this kind of circles back to this idea of consumerism and, and how we're trying to be more consumer centric and we've I think said those words for a lot of years. But you know, we'd love just kind of your thoughts. I mean obviously you're you're you know over the CRM product um, and just by definition that's kind of what that is. But how are you guys internally at Epic just talking about the consumer or the patient or I mean are we talk are we saying consumer? Is that I mean we it- I think it depends on the scenario in which you're looking at, whether it's a patient, a consumer, a patient-to-be, whatever it might be. And I mean, at Epic, we've always had the adage that everything we do is at, with the patient at the heart of, of what we're developing. That's why the patient is at the core of our database um, that we work at at Epic. And so when we think about consumerism, marketing, CRM, all these, all these current terms, it really, at the end of the day, is about helping our community members better understand the, their populations at an individual level and guide them on whatever sort of healthcare journey that they might be on. And so to do that, it really is about building the holistic understanding of that person. Now, of course, at the, at the core of that is going to be the clinical information, the appointments, the lab results, but there's more information. There's social determinants of health, there's mm. genomic indicators of risk, there's experience data. And so that's where, as we think about this and where we look to new partners in what we call our health grid concept, it's about how can we continue to build out that profile to better inform who this person is so that the health system knows the best way to engage them. I mean, that's very different, right? I mean, Ben, we you've probably seen it doing this for some years, but it's been very advertising-focused yes. probably yes. historically, right? Which is yeah. really more on the acquisition end of the yeah. equation. That's not really what we're talking about here. It's not that we don't want to acquire new patients. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we do. But I, I don't know how, how, you know, in the Geisinger work, I yeah. think is interesting, but how are you seeing this shift from it being an advertising mechanism for the organization to really being a marketing well, I think that I think there's kind of been two big evolutions, and I'm sure you've witnessed two read over the years. Well, the first was um, an evolution where marketing departments shifted from communications and PR functions to real marketing functions, and I mean that happened over the course of the past 20 years, where we weren't just communicating out to the community to our employees and handling PR crisis, but we were now working with service line leaders to build volumes through advertising campaigns. Mm-hmm. So then that created the advent of, of really advertising and, and market growth opportunities. Obviously, digital disrupted things, um, and we saw a proliferation of digital technologies out there to support those marketing efforts through mobile apps, website builds, um, CRM platforms. But I think we're entering into a new phase of this 
where marketing can really elevate and work with patient experience and customer experience to deliver marketing throughout the entire care experience. And that I see as kind of a next horizon of marketing's work. The other thing to your point, I think that we have been very focused on acquisition historically in healthcare marketing, but um, it is 80% less expensive to you know, retain an existing patient than it is to acquire a new one. Also, we're dealing with access issues, you know, so we could be driving a lot of volume or a lot of, uh, you know, online appointment schedules or or whatever. But if we don't have the access, are we really using our, our marketing dollars the right way? And should we instead think about where do we have access within the system and how can we cross promote our services to mm-hmm. tap into existing patients? And that's what we're really doing at Geisinger is we're growing share of health. You know, we are looking at where we have access in pharmacy, where we're having access in, in, in health plan growth. We're looking at service lines like orthopedics and we're saying, how do we take our current patient population that's already with us, who's less expensive and more primed to, to utilize our services and start with them? Uh, versus starting necessarily with the the advertising uh, yeah. acquisition approach. It's an interesting concept because, I mean, assuming we've already got a relationship, right? It could have been a COVID test. It could have been an inpatient surgery, but you've got some connection to these people. And so, yeah, so how do you reactivate and, I mean, and, and bring them in? A perfect example is like urgent cares. Mm-hmm. You're going to have people walking into your urgent cares who, let's say, um, uh, they walk into their urgent cares demographically, uh, they're aged over, over the age of 50, let's say they have two or more uh, chronic diseases that they're managing that has been tracked in the urgent care encounter. These are people that you should be connecting with primary care. You know, most health mm-hmm. systems are out there and, and, they're, and they're standing on billboards and digital advertising. And, and I'm not saying that that's the wrong approach. And obviously, search engine advertising to find people that are searching for primary care providers. But there are a bunch of people that have touched your system in other ways mm-hmm. who are great primary care candidates who can fill panels. And through data in the EHR, you can find out where those people live, what their chronic conditions are, where they've touched you uh, previously and bring them into a primary care relationship as an example and use your marketing dollars more effectively. Coming soon from Greystone, Bowstring and Touchpoint Media, live from HCIC, a new podcast that brings you front row access to the latest innovative strategies that are shaping tomorrow's healthcare industry. In this 12-part series, as recorded live at the Healthcare Internet Conference, we'll hear from industry experts such as Paul Matson of the Cleveland Clinic, Kathy Smith of Roper St. Francis Healthcare, David Feinberg from Mount Sinai Health System, Rose Glenn from Michigan Medicine, and many others. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting platform. This podcast series is brought to you by Greystone.net, Bowstring, and Touchpoint Media. When I hear CRM, you know, historically speaking, it was still from an acquisition standpoint, mm-hmm. right? For, for the most part, I'm not saying that, and that's not a knock on any technology or vendor or anything like that, but it was more about uh, propensity modeling and let's go find these people and, you know, get them. So, you know, in your mind, you know, hearing this and thinking about this and probably conversations you guys have had internally, how does that change the definition of CRM or, or does it? I, I think 
Because at the core of CRM is that it's customer relationship management. So your customer could be a customer to be, or it could be a current customer. The relationship is continuing to grow that loyalty with that individual. And then the management element is going to be regardless of where they are in the journey with you is that management. And so that's where we see, at least from our perspective at Epic, is we're of course adding more capabilities on that acquisition side. So we can continue to support that because that is always going to be a driver of growth for, for health systems. But we think that the same sort of technology and philosophy, to Ben's point, can be continued to use to improve the health of the community and of the patients that you already have relationships with. So we think we think of it as very much a similar similar tool. The benefit that you have is that you have a greater understanding of these individuals that you have. And so you can do more targeted outreach and engagement and do things like make sure that they're booking the right appointment rather than using Dr. Google to maybe find <laughs> the right appointment mm-hmm. that's appropriate to them. Right. So it's about it, it's all about just using the data to draw of that best experience. And I think that's a really interesting point because, you know, what we're really talking about is shifting from a strategy perspective and a channel perspective, marketing's kind of um, approach. And, and, and what I mean by that is historically the channels that have been used by marketing have been email marketing platforms, you know, advertising CRM platforms, uh, websites, consumer websites, particularly unauthenticated um, areas of the website. And now, all of a sudden, um, marketing is owning more of the clinical, not owning, but working with more of the clinical channels, the things like the patient portal or your, or your health plan member portal yeah. um, or your EHR to do the work that you did at Arden and that you talked about yesterday. And I think that represents a shift where marketing can now not only support growth opportunities, but can work with care teams to promote and advance care management aspects. These things have been bifurcated a little bit, but I think they need to come together. So, and you mentioned this a little bit yesterday, Ben, in the talk about leadership buy-in and that type of thing. What is that? And I don't mean Geisinger in, in particular, but what is the what are those conversations been like? Because again, the the advertising guy coming in and right. all of a sudden wanting to be part of this care management, right? Right. And you got a right. lot of clinical people going, whoa, 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 hang on a second. Like I, we we got this over here. Like we don't need this guy coming in and yeah. telling us this, that, and the other. So, and it's probably not quite that polarizing, but it's somewhere in the middle, I'm yeah, sure. Exactly. But like how you know, how are those conversations gone? I, what are you seeing, hearing? Are there reservations? Is it like, no, 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 we could use the help. This is great insight. I, what what are you seeing? Um, I would say like that um, it's a lot of what's in it for me. How do you triangulate interests? Um, there are clinical interests. So I would just work with a client actually on a on rebranding and doing a very targeted advertising to acquire them into a chronic care management program, which is basically a a, a program where people who have two or more chronic diseases are eligible for for free chronic care management working with a health navigator, uh, patient navigator. And, you know, traditionally that was viewed, and the reason that this was a priority is because of NCQA ratings uh, in primary care. You need to get a certain number of people with a certain number of comorbidities enrolled in these programs to make sure that they're managing their chronic conditions. Well, that was traditionally viewed as a, um, a clinical issue. 
And we went and we were learning about this from a priority from the, from the primary care team. They were wanting to grow um, patient volumes into these programs. Um, we were like, okay, well, let me, let's first start with the materials. Let's see how you're positioning this to patients. And they literally were saying, dear patient, would you like to enroll in a chronic <laughs> care disease management program? And here are like the benefits. We can help you lose. You know, and it was kind of like positioned and branded in the wrong way. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think in these leadership conversations, uh, what's really important is to understand what is the unique value marketing can bring to the table when you're dealing with a clinical issue. And, and, and the real value that we can bring is a speaking to the patient in a way that's empathetic and branding this in a way that's actually going to increase adoption. Yeah, I think it's actually bigger than that, Ben, where it's making sure that all parties at the table know the strengths that each other is bringing. And that's been something that we've been working with our community members on, is helping to bridge that gap, where marketing maybe needs to rely more on the clinical side of the house on who should we be engaging and then the marketing team can say how should we be engaging these individuals and then make sure that the technology teams are still involved as well so that you can have the most robust capabilities out there it's really making sure that everyone is playing to their strengths so that you can maximize the impact that you're having yeah because i think to that point with the chronic care management they they the, the the clinical team gave us all the attributes we had to use to target patients. So they're mm-hmm. the ones that gave us all the ICD-10 codes sure. and whatever. So they give us the goals, basically, and they give us the profiling. And then what we do is we really focus on the segmentation and the messaging. And that's the how component and the, and the branding of the program to increase adoption. And then we use the technology to basically... Uh, you know, push the information out um, to patients. So in that case, you're exactly right. Like you, you're defining the roles and responsibility, and you're playing to the strengths of each of the parties at the table. So it's interesting, right? Because we've talked about this evolution of what historically was called the marketing department. And, and you're right. There was a lot of communications in PR, especially you got in like community hospitals. And that's not a bad thing. No, no, and they, it's necessary. And they, yeah, it's necessary. They still do it today. They should be doing it today. And that's how you become a good you know, corporate citizen in this town yeah. that you're in. And you should have the little league ball field sign on the fence and the, you know, all the stuff. But you mentioned something, Ben. You talk about you know digital or technology kind of coming along. I know when I first got into this, I mean, we barely had a website and it was a brochure for all practical purposes you know and that was it you know um, obviously it's over the last 20 years it's changed quite a bit we've talked historically you know epic Cerner others as being you know kind of these EHR vendors right but that's probably not really fair anymore Sam I mean as far as just like to call epic a, an EHR <laughs> vendor right I mean yeah. there's more there than just this uh, medical record so yeah, to speak. there's there's a lot more there whether it's patient engagement the financial experience for individuals these are really uh, holistic platforms for how can you both clinically engage your population but then how can you make sure that they're that you're reaching out to them and talking to them in the right way and i mean the whole thing is every solution out there is going to have relatively the same 
technology capabilities, give or take 5% as part of it. And so what we've really been focusing on is more of the operational and people change management process of how you actually use the technology. Ben, you had a Mm -hmm. great conversation as part of the presentation yesterday about how can we bring along operational leaders and frontline staff in order to accomplish these pieces using the technology that's very similar to the conversations that we're having with health systems every single day. I think an easy one is self-scheduling. Very easy example of the technology has been there for quite some time, but it still is more difficult to book a doctor's appointment than it is to get a reservation at your favorite restaurant on Friday night. Sure. And that is where it comes down to that operational change management. You have to go out, talk to the physician, consolidate their schedule, and turn it on and make sure that they trust that the right patients are going to show up for those appointments so it's not a wasted time slot. And so it's more about how can we talk with people and change processes to leverage the technology to the greatest degree to create that great consumer experience. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think that's where this is interesting, right? When we start talking about consumerism, that's really impacted everybody's world, right? On the on the provider side of the equation, uh, those that are working in strategy and kind of what do we do and where do we go, the technology or solutions providers, I think it's changed everybody's landscape a little bit and probably for the good. I, it is interesting, though, um, and I, you know, it's not really a joke. I, I mentioned this yesterday where people used to always ask, like, you know, what social media management system (laughs) we should use and it's like that's the one you use Um, and so uh, that is some of the equation right talking about change management or these leadership conversations you know how do we continue as marketers I mean most people listening to this show you know come to these types of conferences and are in kind of that marketing communication space like what, what role do we play in this industry as we continue to try to kind of move this forward because again Ben, you mentioned the clinical operations side. I mean, I, you know, our, our it's not this definitive little silo that right. we do advertising it. So we're in the middle of everybody's world all the time now. Mm-hmm. So what? How do we? You know, what what are the takeaways here? What, what should we be doing as individuals? Well, I think as as um, as as marketers, I think um, you know, at least in the work that I do and working with operations teams and clinical teams. Um, the one thing that I think is really important is for marketing to be at the seat of the table in talking about the overall customer experience as it relates very specifically to very important strategic priorities in the organization. And, and that's an important point is, you know, embedding a really amazing or creating a really amazing consumer experience with operational and clinical leadership is great in theory, but to actually make it happen requires an incredible amount of change management work and an incredible amount of effort. And to do it well, you really need to to have everyone understand that there's value for them um, in doing this. Mm. And that means it has to be laddering up to a very big strategic priority. So to have these kinds of conversations around not how not only can, how can marketing generate advertising that's driving volumes, but how can marketing work with clinic and operational leadership to embed its priorities? I think the very first step is to sit in the C-suite and go, guys, what's the number one thing we need to do? <laughs> you know, as an organization, what is 
what you know what are the the what the, what the service line priorities the pharmacy uh, priorities medicare growth priorities that we need to deliver on um, and then let's work together to deliver on that building on that my real key takeaway is that once you have that seat at the table you need to establish trust with everyone else who is around that table because as a marketer you may be coming in as the billboard guy or, yes. or the Facebook <laughs> ad guy, but you marketers have so much more to bring to the table, but they need to make sure that you're, that they're establishing the trust with everyone else. I think the big, big please is how can you connect the marketing outcomes that you are driving to the clinical care that the organization is providing? If you can show that you as a marketer can help improve the health and well-being of the community, that's going to be huge to gain the trust of the clinicians who are in the room who are then going to be more receptive to the different proposals that you have out there. So I think, Ben, talking about some of the pharmacy examples, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. being able to make sure that a patient is actually using the Geisinger Retail Pharmacy that is in the same building as that appointment that they just had has the ability to increase med adherence so that they're actually taking those meds and getting better for that condition. And that's the reason why this program was so successful is because the doctors understood that by using Geisinger's pharmacy in the case that we were in the case study that I was showing yesterday, they knew that it was going to lead to increased medication adherence. Um, they knew that they'd have better data and information about compliance with their patients. You know, when, when, a, when a fill is rooted through a third party like CVS, there's actually a lack of information on, on, um, uh, on the follow-through of the patient. But mm -hmm. when it's embedded in the same enterprise, that you, everyone can see uh, what's actually happening. I do think another really important thing for marketing is that there's a, especially as financial challenges persist in this industry with no longer just thin margins, but razor thin margins every day, I hear about that, is it is important that marketing departments start restructuring the narrative about what they're doing for the organization. And this speaks, Reed, to a point you made yesterday. What does the CFO think when they think of marketing? They think of billboards, they think of advertising. Now we've mm -hmm. been through so much transformation in the past 20 years. Unfortunately, I think a vast majority of CFOs still think of marketing as yeah. advertising and billboards. And that puts you at risk because it's easy to cut ad spend. It's easy to cut things from brand. But when you're showing and restructuring the narrative around the work that you're doing around hyper-targeting patients, mining for, for not just business um, growth, but also clinical outcomes that you're working on, customer experience improvements, this changes the whole way and the whole, the whole way that the, the executive leadership perceives you. And that becomes, if you do that well and show case studies around it, it puts you less at risk for being cut like you would just and from like an ad that's right. or brand spend. And that's where those relationships come into play and having those connections across the organization. I mean, I was talking with an organization just a couple of weeks ago who previously they were manually reaching out to individuals to get them to come in for their mammographies, having a call list, calling them up. They used automated outreach capabilities now where they not only increased their mammography screening rate by 25 times, so that's more people coming in to get screened, but they also eliminated over a thousand hours of FTE time 
as yeah. part of that engagement. Yeah. So it's better clinical outcomes and it's better financial savings for the organizations by leveraging those tools that you have and then proving that you can contribute and then move on to the next use case, again, continuing to better the organization. Yeah, I mean, you and, and, and I think that it also means revisiting um, um, the team structure and the capabilities on your mm. specific marketing teams. I mean, this is to, to get to the place, the ideal state, the nirvana state that we're all talking about here is going to take time. But there are ways to incrementally do this um, um, over the course of, of time. And, you know, one big question is going to be, well, to achieve this reframing of marketing as not just an ad or PR function, what are the new talent? What's the new talent we need? What are the new capabilities we need um, to be able to deliver on that? And how do we move incrementally towards that um, new model or that new era that we're, we're discussing? And I don't have all the answers. <laughs> well, I, but that is, that is a really good point, right? And I think it's uh, probably an uncomfortable kind of thought process of or course. conversations for some organizations, some maybe not as mm -hmm. much. Because somebody may scan the room and go, gosh, you know, I'm not sure we've got the right people in the right seat. Or and That's scary. Yeah. So it's like, you know, what do you do there? But it's the reality and kind of, you know, what we're in, yes. right? And um, so to shift just a little bit, we're here in, uh, in Austin, Healthcare Marketing Physician Strategy Summit. Um, obviously, we were on a panel yesterday talking about a lot of, in and around a lot of these topics of consumerism uh, broadly. What happens to the content, not just here, but at these conferences over the next several years? I mean, what are we going to be talking about? Are we going to see an evolution of the people that attend this conference, mm -hmm. right? Again, we're talking about clinical folks. When does a chief medical officer speak here? Right. Uh, and again, I, I don't mean, I'm just saying here because we're here right now. Yeah. But yep. but as we look at this conference and many others that, that people listening to this show go to, I would love to see, like, I don't know who that person is. Where are yep. they from? What do they do? Oh, wow, I mean, that's yeah. interesting. You, you've, got yeah. your a, you've got your AMAs of the world. You've got your marketing conferences. Everybody, the conferences themselves have been siloed in the same ways that the organizations really have, funny, have, have right? been siloed. Right. So it's like, when does that start? Oh, I think it's already starting to happen. You think so? Well, yeah, because I mean, even at the at the national trade association level, with the American Hospital Association or or AHEP, you know, the American Health Insurance Plans. I mean, these are existential questions. I'm sure these people are asking. As we move into example, and it's not just the types of people here, it's the types of clients. And I think that's a, a, an interesting um, clarification to make is like, what are the new types of clients we'll see in here? Well, there's, you know, a proliferation of integrated delivery networks across this country, providers mm -hmm. that are starting to be set up. That's right. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think Modern Healthcare mentioned last year that 60% of providers are interested in either partnering with or acquiring a Medicare Advantage plan, becoming a both a, 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 a provider and a payer at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think that raises the question, well, Who's going to show up to this conference? Yeah. Is it just going to be providers and medical groups? Is it going to be right. hospital people? Is, is it, it going to be, be re is it going to be retail? Is it going to be retail organizations? I mean, look at what's happening with Oak Street Medical and its acquisition by CVS, right? Just make that. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> CVS. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> too, the, too many. I mean, actually, that's. I mean, that's a good point. The fact that I had to pause for a second and go, wait, who acquired well, them? Yeah, which one the, bought the which, which one? one? Yeah, I mean, it's actually yeah. a, a validating point of what we're saying. We're seeing so much consolidation 
where pharmaceutical companies are becoming, are becoming providers, providers are becoming payers, payers are becoming providers. And, and it might be the case that there needs to maybe be co-branded conferences. That's why I very much like what, uh, what Chime and Health are doing by sure. putting on five together. Five, it's yeah. bringing together the tech, the startup co- community with the CIOs of the health yeah. systems. Is there a world where HMPS co-hosts a conference with a medical group conference or with mm-hmm. a executive type conference so we can have these kind of synergistic conversations yeah. between the two audiences that were historically siloed? You yeah. should charge Judy for that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, and that's, I mean, this is this is the feedback, right, that all the people that put on conferences want is like, you know, how was it? How was the session? What would you recommend for next year? That kind of thing. And it's just, it's interesting to think about, and, and Sam, until you just said it out loud just now, I mean, the conferences are still very much siloed where our work is is probably less so right. than it was mm-hmm. a few years ago. Um, and so I think it will naturally happen. Um, but I just, you know, I would encourage people listening to, you know, kind of think about, you think about different conferences that your CMOs or different people are going to. We'll start looking, let's just start looking at the agenda for those conferences. Mm-hmm. What are they talking <laughs> yeah. about? Where do you see overlap? I'm not saying you need to pop up and go to every one of these, but there may be some, some ideas that even as, uh, you know, when Judy puts out the call for proposals, I mean, go get your CMO or go get somebody mm-hmm. from the organization your team, or right? Whatever. Right, and put together a proposal because I do think that's what people are going to want to hear. Yep, um, and it's going to be you know less about. And I'm not trying to diminish uh, you know some of the other things that we've talked about historically. Where it's like, yeah, okay, I, you know, I don't know how much more I want to talk about that, you know, <laughs> kind of a thing. You know? um, but I think that I think that's interesting. I think that really, quite honestly, is a takeaway for folks is to start formulate as you're building those relationships, Ben, that you mentioned within the organization. Start thinking about well, how can we use this to, you know, share with the industry what we're working on, how we're working together. I think is as beneficial as really anything else that we're hearing or seeing so what i think too is as organizations consolidate you know what does it mean for a chief marketing officer who um oversees a payer relationship a pharmacy uh, and a provider you know and what does it mean for um chief marketing officers not only just their staff but their own capabilities and their own knowledge um, around things that traditionally you really only had to worry about service line marketing you know and now you may have to think about marketing ancillary services like health plans or pharmacies and and I think that's an interesting but also some of this is like we're framing this around being it being somewhat scary it's it is there's fear because there's unknowns but it's also a really exciting transformation so opportunity you it, know? It, it's super exciting right and I mean, this is a little bit analogous to when social media kind of first became a right. thing right mm-hmm. And so people that were interested, thought it was kind of cool, thought it was interesting, figured it out. It was kind of a little bit of a land grab, you know. Right. And so, you know, me and Chris and folks like Lee Acey and, and whatever got to go around and speak a whole bunch. Not because we were smarter than anybody else. We just were there first, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. Right, right. So we're kind of in that, that time now where it's like, hey, start thinking about, like, this isn't advertising anymore. Like, how you know, what does this mean to your organization? And so... Appreciate you guys spending a few minutes and, and chatting, and uh, this is probably not a one and done, but you know, uh, it's a good way to, to talk a little bit about what we're seeing here, certainly the evolution of what we think the conference circuit looks like, but really our roles and responsibilities as, as marketers. So 
appreciate you guys coming on. Um, if people want to reach out, want to find you guys, best way to do that, Ben, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm there. I have a pretty anemic profile, but because <laughs> I own the company, so yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. out looking for a job. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll we'll post uh, post a link for sure okay. for those that, that want to connect or, or track you down. Yeah. Sam, LinkedIn, same. Look for the one with the bow tie. It's very easy to there very easy go. to pick me out. Yeah, either work at Epic or you're in uh, academic medicine. One of the two. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.